Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code UNIVERSE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. And by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free 30-day trial at audible.com universe. It's a safe bet that the sun didn't hold a meeting four billion years ago to hand out cosmic goodies to all of its new planets. But if it did hold one, Mercury clearly slept through the alarm. Or at least that's the way it looks. Saturn got its gaudy rings, its marble bag of moons, and its distinction as the solar system's loveliest planet. Jupiter got its great red spot and its colorful stripes and its status as the biggest guy on the planetary block. Earth, well, Earth hit the jackpot. Even Pluto, which may be a planet or may not be a planet, depending on how you look at these things, gets a lot of underdog love. But Mercury? Mercury gets nothing. I'm Jeffrey Kluger. And this is Time's podcast series, It's Your Universe. Today we're visiting Mercury. A planetary pipsqueak by any measure, Mercury is a dry, dead, bleak, blowtorched afterthought of a world. The roasted hazelnut of the solar system. Gray like our moon, cratered like our moon, It never gets to light up the sky like our moon. Orbiting as close as 28 million miles from the furnace of the sun, it's so swamped by solar light that it's hard to see at all from Earth. And the indignities just get worse. Mercury is so small it could be pushed around by Jupiter's moon Ganymede and Saturn's moon Titan, both of which have diameters a couple hundred miles bigger than Mercury's 3,032 miles. You want atmosphere? Don't look at Mercury. Want rings? Nothing to see here. As for the possibility that the planet could support life? Please. But Mercury has its magic, too, if you know where to look. We'll continue in a moment with It's Your Universe, but first, a word from our sponsor. A black hole is a body in space where the pulling force of gravity is so strong, no light can escape. The massive amount of websites in existence can make the Internet feel like a technological black hole. Make sure your website shines bright with Squarespace. With their easy-to-use features and customizable designs, Squarespace will help you build a beautiful website. With Squarespace, you don't have to know how to code. They give you all the tools you need to build a site that looks professionally designed, regardless of skill level. Plus, you get a free domain if you sign up for a year. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, Make sure to use the offer code UNIVERSE to get 10% off your first purchase. 
Squarespace. Build it beautiful. As the Earth rotates on its axis, we rotate between our responsibilities. Work, school, family, it's a lot to juggle. Take some time for yourself with Audible. Audible has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Take Audible with you when you're on the go by listening on your smartphone, computer, or tablet. One of their many titles is The Sibling Effect, my book about the people in your life who shape you more than any others, your brothers and sisters. Siblings are the ones who are there with you from the cradle and remain with you through the very end. Learn the many ways they change you and you change them. Find this book or other books of all genres at audible.com. As a special offer to my listeners, you can get a free 30-day trial today by signing up at audible.com universe. That's audible.com universe. Mercury is a warrior world. Mercury once survived a titanic hit by a passing body so huge it could have cracked the young planet in half. It's a place of wild swings of temperature, of water ice hidden where water ought not be. It's a world where a day is almost as long as a year, where magnetic tornadoes swirl up from the ground. It's the worst place in the solar system, but it's also one of the best. Mercury made itself known to us even in the ancient era. It was first observed by the Sumerians at least 5,000 years ago and was rediscovered repeatedly by the civilizations that followed. The Assyrians glimpsed it in the 14th century BC and called it the jumping planet, a nod to the rapid transit it makes around the sun. Mercury takes just 88 days compared to the far pokier speeds of the planets that lie farther out. The Greeks called Mercury Stilbon, or the Gleaming. The ancient Chinese called it Chen Jing, or the Hour Star. But it was the Roman name that stuck. Mercury, the son of Jupiter and Maya, is the messenger of the gods, celebrated for his swiftness, as his later name World would be too. Like all of the solar system's planets, Mercury spun down out of a single primordial cloud of dust and gases, rich with light and heavy elements, and had a chance to make something of itself. But history and circumstances quickly pounded the life out of it. Orbiting so close to the sun, Mercury sees surface temperatures on its daylight side climb as high as 800 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot enough to reduce a lead ingot placed on the ground to a hot running puddle. With no atmosphere to radiate that heat around the world, however, the shadowed side of the planet plunges to minus 280 degrees, cold enough that if you were there, you could pour yourself a frosty mug of liquid helium. That same close proximity to the sun should have resulted in Mercury becoming what's known as tidally locked. The tight fist of solar gravity would cause the speed at which the planet rotates on its axis to match the speed at which it makes one orbit around the sun. A day on Mercury, in other words, would be the same length as a year, 
And that would mean it would always keep the same side facing the sun, the way the moon does with Earth. But Mercury, which could not stay out of harm's way, was not destined for such tidiness. About four billion years ago, when the planet had barely taken shape and begun to cool, a passing asteroid or planetesimal crashed into it with a force equivalent to one trillion one megaton bombs. That gouged out a great piece of Mercury's hide nearly a thousand miles across and left a crater that could comfortably hold the state of Texas. It did more than leave an unsightly scar, too. For one thing, the collision broke the sun's gravity hold, at least a little, allowing Mercury's rotation to speed up from 88 days to 59 days. That gives the planet what's known as an orbital resonance of 3 to 2, or three rotations for every two revolutions around the sun. The Earth, with its quick spin on its axis and its slow lope through its orbit, has a resonance of 365 to 1. The change in Mercury's rotation mean that the planet goes through a slow barbecue spin, with all parts of its surface spending time facing the solar fires, and all parts spending time in the shadowed deep freeze of space. Or almost all parts. Mercury stands nearly straight up as it rotates, unlike Earth, which is inclined at a drunken 23 degrees, which gives us our changing seasons. That sharp tilt also means that our north and south poles both get around six months of sun each year. But things are different and darker at Mercury's poles. Since the planet stands more or less straight up, the sunlight that does reach the poles comes in sideways, skimming over the tops and bottoms of the planet and never making it into the deep shadowed craters. And in the bellies of those craters is something which should not exist at all on a planet with temperatures high enough to melt metal. Ice. Ordinary water ice, permanently frozen since just after the dawn of Mercury's history. It was radio telescope reflections from California's Goldstone Observatory in the 1990s that first suggested the presence of the ice, but it was NASA's MESSENGER spacecraft, which flew by and then orbited Mercury from 2008 to 2015, that confirmed the find. And the ice, as it turns out, was hard to miss. There's enough of it in the North Pole alone that it could bury Washington, D.C., which measures 68 square miles, in a frozen block two miles deep. Mercury was changed in other ways by the ancient collision that messed with its spin. While Earth inscribes a relatively circular orbit around the Sun, with its radius never deviating much from 93 million miles, Mercury's orbit became sloppily egg-shaped, moving as close as 28 million miles to the Sun and as far as 43 million miles away. Mercury's anatomy, like so much else about the world, is a little peculiar too, with about 75% of its interior made up of core, most of it liquid iron, compared to 55% core for Earth. 
That makes Mercury, for all its modest size, remarkably dense. It's likely that Mercury once had a much larger, more Earth-like mantle and crust, but most of that was lost early in its history, either blasted away when the collision occurred or torched away by the close-in fires of the Sun. It's possible, too, that the solar gravity simply sucked in the particles that would have made up Mercury's outer layers before they ever had a chance to become part of the planet. What was left of the planet was mostly a molten shot put wrapped inside a hard shell, and that interacts in strange ways with its elliptical orbit. As Mercury moves further away and then dives back every 88 days, straining to break away from the sun and then surrendering to its pull, the solar gravity stretches and squeezes the planet. This keeps the temperature in the interior high, like when you bend a wire hanger rapidly back and forth, and it becomes too hot to touch at the point of the bend. And that, in the case of Mercury, has kept the iron core liquid and swirling. That constant metallic motion creates a sort of magnetic dynamo and surrounds the planet in a magnetic field. It was NASA's Mariner 10 mission, launched in 1973, that discovered the field, but it took the much more recent MESSENGER spacecraft to spot a strange phenomenon that results from it. While most of Mercury's magnetism stays close to the planet, some of it is effectively blown off by the solar wind, powerful gales of charged particles streaming in from the sun. When that solar wind, which itself has magnetic properties, connects with Mercury's much weaker field, great magnetic twisters, measuring 500 miles across, are whipped up like a Kansas tornado swirling into life far, far from home. That's pretty much the only kind of weather Mercury is ever going to have, because weather requires an atmosphere, and Mercury doesn't have any, or at least not much to speak of. The trace gases that do surround the planet are mostly baked out of the soil by the sun or knocked out by micrometeorites. That ghost atmosphere consists mostly of faint wisps of oxygen, sodium, hydrogen, helium, and potassium. And yet, for all its inelegance, all its unloveliness, there remains a certain poetry to Mercury. There's the way it seems to flirt with Earth, venturing truly close to us only once every epoch or so. Mars makes a close approach to us every two years, as our divergent orbits cause us to pass each other at predictable moments, like two cars in different lanes of a racetrack. Mercury's close approaches come only once every 116 years, and its very closest approaches, the occasional infrequent alignments caused by its elliptical orbit, are even less common. The planet made one of those comparatively intimate brushes past Earth in the year 871. It will venture close again in 2679, then in 4487, and then not again until the year 28622.
There is, too, the poetry we accord to Mercury in the absence of its own. Astronomers have agreed to give even the planet's most vulgar features the names of some of our most celebrated people and loveliest creations. Craters are named after musicians, artists, and authors. Ridges are named for scientists. Depressions in the landscape are named for works of architecture. Valleys are named for the great radio telescopes that make so much of our knowledge of Mercury possible. Finally, though, it's Mercury's doggedness, its seeming indestructibility that draws us in. Spacecraft have visited the Moon and Mars dozens of times in the decades human beings have been exploring the cosmos. Distant Jupiter has been visited half a dozen times. The Cassini probe has been orbiting Saturn for more than a decade now. But Mercury, the Mariner and Messenger probes are it. Surfing so deep into the sun's gravity well to catch a planet moving 30 miles per second is just too tricky and high stakes a maneuver to try more than just now and again. Mercury, like one of those scrappy creatures on Earth that can make its home in the sands of the desert or under the permafrost of the Antarctic or in the boiling vents of the deep sea, has carved out a niche in a place that even our machines rarely dare visit. That makes the few times we do get to glimpse Mercury up close all the more poignant. The last day Messenger spent alive was April 30, 2015. After 4,105 orbits around Mercury, the spacecraft was running out of maneuvering fuel and nearing the end of its useful life. So controllers sent it on a dive-bombing mission, bringing it closer to the surface than they'd ever have dared, just three miles above the planet's scarps and rills and basins. At 3.04 p.m. that day, after a final dive, the signal from the spacecraft went dead. The controllers listened for another 20 minutes just to be sure the end had indeed come. But there was never another sound. Somewhere on the surface, just north of Shakespeare Basin, Messenger, a curious machine from a much more fortunate planet, made its own little crater on Mercury's ancient grounds. Join me next week when we visit Venus and learn what it would be like to live on a world with a greenhouse effect a thousand times worse than any mess we've made here on Earth. I'm Jeffrey Kluger, and this is Time Magazine's podcast, It's Your Universe, produced by Panoply. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeffrey Kluger. Subscribe to It's Your Universe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening.